Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Thursday, February 15th. Now, halfway through the month of February already. Can you fathom that? I'm telling you. Anyway, I hope you had a good night last night in the Lord's house. Hope you were able to make it to your midweek prayer service. We had a good service here at the Island Ford Baptist Church and grateful unto the Lord for his blessings. We had some folks that had been out sick that was able to be with us. And then, of course, we had some other folks now that have gotten sick, some of them taking it again. But it's just this stuff going through. And let's keep praying for one another and hold each other up in prayer. But we had a good time, special prayer requests and prayer around the altar and then special singing, and I tried to preach a short little thought last night that I trust was helpful to the people of God. I appreciate God giving us liberty and meeting with us. I enjoy going to the house of God every time, but midweek prayer service is a special time, I believe, in the house of God. Anyway, we're going to be continuing the message today that we began on Monday's broadcast. We'll continue it today and tomorrow But before I do, I've got a couple of good songs queued up here that I trust will be a blessing to you. First of all, I've got Sister Lindsay Grisham singing one entitled Bow the Knee. Talking about bowing in honor and reverence to our God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I've got the Shepherd family singing one a cappella entitled Farther On. I trust these two songs will be a blessing. And then the message from the Word of God Do keep us in prayer that God use the broadcast for his glory and for his honor. Today's message is going to be a sermon that I actually preached on a resurrection Sunday morning here at the Island Ford Baptist Church sometime back. And I'm not using the, I guess you would say, traditional scriptures about the resurrection, but I'm actually using Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 through 3. I think in the message, I might have called it chapter 1, but it's Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 that we'll be dealing with. And I'm preaching on, if ye then be risen with Christ. We will continue this message throughout the whole week, so I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. It starts off with the phrase, if ye then be risen with Christ. So Christ is risen is a foregone conclusion, this verse. It's just, it's just a settled fact when this verse starts, that Christ is risen. And so we're going to look from that uh, this morning. Verse number 1, Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. There's a little chorus that we learned uh, some years ago and sing these three verses together. Uh, we'll not sing them this morning, but... I'll, we'll read them. The Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. I want to try to preach on the first that first phrase, If ye then... Be risen with Christ. Now following that line of thought, I want to point out a few things that I believe a confidence and a true belief in the resurrected Christ will produce in practical elements in our life. And there's a lot, and I'll only deal with a few this morning. Let me say first of all, I think the first thing that faith in a, in truly believing in a resurrected Christ will give us ambition. 
I, I use that first. All, all of mine is going to start with an A this morning. An ambition. I believe that an ambition is something that a person needs naturally. I mean, there's got to be a reason for getting up in the morning. There's got to be a reason for living my life. There's got to be a reason why I suffer and endure and sacrifice. There's got to be a goal out there somewhere. One man said this about ambition. I I thought this was very wise. He said, the ivy will climb upwards if only it can lay hold on some tall object in which it may adhere. But if no such support presents itself, it will creep ignominiously along the ground. He said the ivy, if it's got something that it can get a hold of, will climb up. But if there's nothing straight, strong, and sturdy standing beside it, it'll just crawl along the ground. That's true. And so he goes on, he says, like it, ambition will mount heavenward if fixed upon some heavenly thing. But if left to itself, it will trail along on the earth. Well, that's right. Well, that's one of the reasons, by the way, why in the government school system, that's why they install or instigate the sports in school. That team sports was to help. It would take some young men that otherwise might be shiftless, otherwise might be lazy, that otherwise might have no purpose, otherwise might not have any drive about them. And we'd give them something to do. We'd give them a goal to aim for. We'd give them something to be proud of. We'd give them something to set their ambitions on. And they would thrive. And while they're at it, they'd stay in school and get an education. That was the idea. But the goal got mixed up and they got a God. They made a God out of sports. All of a sudden, their God said, you can't go to church on Wednesday. You've got to practice. All of a sudden, their God said, you can't go to church during revival meeting. we got a game. All of a sudden, their God started demanding some allegiance and, and more allegiance than the true God could demand. And truth is that that sports has become America's God. By the way, not that playing baseball is a sin or playing basketball is a sin or playing football is a sin. Not that the playing of the sports is wrong and not that the ambition is wrong. That is good in its place. But when it becomes a God and it starts being an idol and it starts taking away from true God. Amen. Amen. Listen, I think, for example, I think a Christian school, I think it would be great for them to have some exercise. I mean, it's good. Kids need physical exercise. That's good. But I don't, I'm not interested in them getting involved in a, in a sport in which is going to take away from their dedication to God and the things of God. Amen. Well, I just simply say it leads to ambitions being allowed to run low along the ground. Amen. If your ambition is to be a professional basketball player, I'm going to tell you what you got to look forward to. A broken home, bad knees. Amen. And be broke when it's all said and done. That's exactly right. You'd be broke when it's all said and done. Football, same thing. Bad knees, bad shoulders, concussions. Amen. You just run the line. And, but, and by the way, you know how few there are that actually, I mean, buddy, they put the time and the effort. There's a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort trying to win the lottery to get picked to play a professional sport or even to play in a college sport or even to play on a high school team. Whole lot goes in to get it and only a few get it. And yet they've given all that devotion. 
What if they took that time studying their Bible or studying their school books and getting some kind of a education or something? And, and again, I'm not against them building up their muscles and against them having some... It's good, but we ought to direct it in the right manner is what I'm saying. Ought to be in the right manner. Now, that's... I don't know how I got on all that, but that's there anyway. Amen? I'll just say this. Ambition is not a bad thing. If you don't have any ambition, you've got a paralyzed life. If there's no reason to get up and go to work, then why go to work? To, you know, whatever. You know, whatever. If there's no reason to live, then why exist? And we've got a world full of kids that are thinking that very thing and are taking a gun and they're spinning that cylinder because they have no reason, as far as they can see, to live. By the way, everybody can't excel in everything. Everybody can't excel in anything. Somebody said this. The truth is, the average person is average. They're not some kind of superman or superwoman. Amen. And so... But does that mean that the average person shouldn't live? Oh, no. The average person ought to have a reason to live. And that reason can be found right here in the Scriptures. Amen. That reason can be found right here in this. So if there's no plan or purpose in life, then there's no concentration of energy. There's no subordination to an end. There's no sacrificing that you can get something that's going to be better at the end of that thing. I'm telling you, there needs to be some ambition in our life. We don't need to have an undirected no purpose, and I, I'm not a Rick Warren fan, but there, you ought to have a purpose-driven life. Daniel had that in the Bible way before Rick Warren ever showed up. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine that he drank. Daniel purposed in his heart he's going to live for God. Amen. There have been songs written about that. You ought to dare to be a Daniel. Amen. Amen. Ambition's a good thing if it's in the right thing. So how do you, where do you place your ambitions? Here's what the Bible said. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Amen. Get some ambition for godly things. Some ambition for holy things. Amen. Far too often, the ambitions of people are misplaced. They aim for things like riches and honor, fame and fortune, power. Things like that. Those are things that run along on the earth. By the way, those are earthly. Those are temporal. Those are passing things. Amen. Pilate, I believe he sold out Christ because he was afraid of the people. Pilate wanted his position of power, although he was a weakling. He wanted at least to appear to be powerful. Same thing with Saul. Saul, after he'd sinned and... Samuel told him, God's departed from you, Saul. God's done with you, Saul. Saul said, well, let me appear before the people as if I, you know, sacrifice with me and help me here a little bit so I don't look to the people like a failure. But here's my point. When, when Pilate sold out Christ, Christ wound up dying, but Christ lives today and Christ's purpose lives today. Pilate is probably in hell today. Pilate is dead. His name's forgotten except for his ignominy and the bad things that he's done. Pilate did not succeed, although he thought and his goal was that he would succeed in life. He didn't succeed because he failed when it came to Christ. So this thing about Ambition. I mean, what, what, if I really believe in a resurrected Christ, what should my ambition be? Well, 
we need, I said, we need something to brace it on. We need something that it can get a hold of, that it might grow strong. Can I tell you that an empty grave is a good place to grab a hold of? The fact that our Savior is not there. Amen. I've never been to Israel. Not that I would never never go if somebody paid my way and paid me to go. I probably would do it. But I don't need to see the empty tomb. I've got a Bible that tells me there's an empty tomb. And I've got a fact in my life that God changed my life. And I know there's got to be an empty tomb. Amen. Amen. Set your affection on things above. Here's what that... Uh, I'm spend more time on this than the others. I'll have to. I'll have to hurry these others. That resurrected body of Christ says to you and I that there's more to life than life and death. There's more to this thing than just this world. There's life beyond this world. Now here, I'm going somewhere. Follow me. When Christ rose from the dead, Brother Hall, when Christ rose from the dead, and, and Joshua on that first day of the week, John chapter 20, which I believe is, you, I believe you can see the birth of the church in there. And he appeared in that upper room to those men. In that resurrected body, he had the prints of the nails in his hand. So what he did in life affected his body after death. Amen. He had the wound in his side. And so what he did in life affected his body after death. His resurrected body. And we see him here in Colossians chapter 3. He not only rose from the dead, but he's right now seated at the right hand of God. How did he get there? I'll tell you how he got there. He humbled himself in life. And he made himself of no reputation in life. And he took upon himself the form of a servant in life. And because of all those things, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. To the glory of God the Father. Here's the point. If you want to excel with God in the resurrection, there'll be some humility in life. There'll be some suffering in life. There'll be some sacrifices in life. Amen. There'll be some trouble in life. But you'll go through it for the glory of God. And God may exalt you in due season. Amen. 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 What you do in life. Although this ain't all there is. It's going to affect how you live in the resurrected life. I believe that's right. Gives us ambition. Number two. I've got to hurry. Gives us assurance. Assurance. By the way, right now I'm thankful that I said we're going to try to start on time. I didn't say nothing about finishing on time. <laughs> Whatever time that would be. Amen. Assurance. The fact that Christ rose from the dead. I said it, it, affect, it should affect our life. You think how it affected the life of the disciples. You remember how those disciples lived before the resurrection? I mentioned there in John chapter 20, verse 19. It's in that upper room for fear. For fear. Of the Jews. Just a chapter before that, Christ was on the cross. He died. He'd, get, he'd made his last statements. And Joseph of Arimathea, who was the disciple but didn't announce that he was a disciple. And here's what the Bible said. For fear of the Jews. Same statement. Amen. Back in John, I believe it is. Let's see. Yeah, John chapter 7, verses 12 and 13. 
The Bible said, And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, talking about Christ. For some said he is a good man, others said, Nay, he deceived the people. Howbeit no man spake openly, openly of him for fear of the Jews. All that is prior to his resurrection. But after the resurrection, buddy, they wasn't afraid. They'd stand up before the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and kings of the earth. They'd stand up before them and declare this same Jesus whom you've crucified is risen from the dead. Something happened. Something changed in their life. Amen. They had assurance that if Christ got up from the grave, He could get them up. Amen. Peter... You remember how Peter was right there at the cross, warming himself by the enemy's fire, and he denied that he even knew the Lord. Just a few days after being around the resurrected Christ a little bit, he's standing up before multitudes and preaching the gospel, amen, and seeing thousands saved by the grace of God. Amen. Gives them assurance. By the way, you remember, here's another. Before the crucifixion, before the resurrection, those disciples were constantly bickering among one another about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And they're talking about on the earth. Who was going to be... But they didn't do that after that. Peter stood up. You know what the other eleven did? They stood up with him, the Bible said. Amen. And Peter and John went together. And they, on and on through the Scriptures, you see these men working together. Why? Because the resurrection made a difference in their life. It ought to make a difference. In our life as well. Amen. Amen. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.